We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. That's a football game that officially provides a week of content. But we're not going to be spending all week talking about the old news, yesterday's newspaper, Dallas Cowboys. Not with the Philadelphia Eagles waiting for the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC title game, which is going to kick off at noon on Sunday. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the conference championship game, 49ers fans. Ray. Welcome to Monday. How are you doing? It's Monday. It's Monday. Use your own judgment. It's Monday, but it's a Monday that gives us an awful lot to talk about based on what we saw, a 19-12 win over the Dallas Cowboys. And before we start interrogating anyone, before we start getting deep into what details we want to get into, real quick, what is your overarching takeaway from yesterday's game. What's the one thing that, I mean, like, there's there's one thing that I thought walking out of there probably above and beyond anything else. What's yours? That the 49ers offense can be kept in check by a really good defense. But that the 49ers defense probably can't be kept in check by anybody. I hate how much we're starting to think alike. Because the one thing that I thought about is that the 49ers just won a playoff game without a big game from anybody on offense. One big play. That's a testament to uh, how good the defense was. And look, Kyle Shanahan, he coached his butt off yesterday. Dan Quinn coached his rear end off yesterday. The Dallas Cowboys defense came to not just play, but to win. And had they gotten anything that resembled the type of offense that they might have been expecting, they might win that game. Kevin McCarthy, though, got his butt kicked. Well, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. Mike McCarthy. Or Mike McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House. <laughs> I just, and him getting his butt kicked is something we can look forward to in the days to come. He got his butt kicked, too. I just It's a, it's a time to kick McCarthy's out there. But Mike McCarthy obviously just did not have... Uh, a quarterback who was going to execute, and the minute that Pollard went down, they were in a world of trouble. 
because just as Tim Kalashaw said to us, Ezekiel Elliott screams, I don't have it anymore. He really does. And if he even did have it, what he doesn't have is a good pair of hands. And when they tried to start using him as a receiving back, those are just incompletions waiting to happen. Dak Prescott was awful. You would think that that is the only story to cover based on the coverage of of that 49ers win by the national media. We are here to report to you that something else happened other than the Dallas Cowboys losing. And that something was the 49ers winning. Under circumstances, we didn't necessarily think that they would win under. The offensive line did not have a good day. Christian McCaffrey did not necessarily have a particularly good day. Brock Purdy spent the entire afternoon, evening, creating very little memorable play with his arm or his legs. Uh, you know, I... I, I, I Fred Warner had nine tackles and an interception. You know, Ibukam had the, the, the sack and, and the blocked point after touchdown. Diamador Lenore was like, call me weak link all week long. Weak link this. He had the first interception of the day. But look, the, the 49ers. The 49ers just won a game where you did no, nobody, nobody had a big day. Nobody. Nobody had a big game offensively. No one. No one. So it's it's a day where the 49ers, their defense allowed them to get away with a little bit of murder. They really did. Purdy didn't score with his arm or his legs. McCaffrey had his worst production since joining the team. No Niner had more than 51 run rushing yards. No Niner caught more than six balls. No Niner cracked 100 yards receiving. The team was held to under 115 yards rushing. That game had, you're probably going to lose, written all over it. But the defense made the plays when it need to. Cowboys made a couple of huge mistakes when they needed to, to help the 49ers anyways. And they're going to Philadelphia. And that's the game that this conference actually deserves. It really is. We don't need to see part three Eagles Cowboys more than we needed to see one part of 49ers versus Eagles. A couple of things happened that decided this game early though. As as much as the 49ers never ran away from it. Prescott's two interceptions in the first half. That's usually a tip that your guys in trouble. And then when Pollard went down, all of a sudden now you couldn't trust them to throw the ball well, and now you couldn't run at all. And Weirdly, the guy that everybody talked about all week, Brett Maher, was okay. I think he made Mike McCarthy sweat some after the the first PAT got blocked. But he was not any of the reason why the Cowboys didn't win. The Cowboys didn't win because they had no discernible offense. They couldn't trust anybody. And once Pollard went down, they didn't really have a weapon. I, I think C.D. Lamb made one impactful catch the whole day. They had one field-flipping play the entire day. Otherwise, Dak didn't have three completions that went more than 10 yards. Only two completions were bigger than 10 yards the entire game, I believe, for Dak Prescott. And and the 49ers one touchdown caused in part because George Kittle made a major circus catch. He did. He did. That, that, was, that was their one standout play. And it's kind of a weird tribute to them 
that their defense, which as excellent as it has been, has been kind of overlooked by people when they want to talk about the 49ers all year long. And the other guy who stood out was Robbie Gold, who's 100 years old today. Robbie Gold had a good day. He might have had the best day offensively for the 49ers yesterday. And someone's like, here, Kittle had a big day. Kittle had a good day. He had a huge catch that reminded, if you're old enough, Lynn Swan. Look it up, kids. I mean, the way that he bobbled that and caught it, he was falling down. It was unbelievable. The catch that George Kittle had, probably the best catch of his entire life, all things considered, and what it ended up doing. But George Kittle did not have a big day in comparison to the days that he was having with Brock Purdy to bring the Niners to this moment. He had turned into Travis Kelsey with Brock Purdy. He was not Travis Kelsey yesterday. The 49ers won because the entire team kept chopping wood. Even when they weren't cutting down trees, they kept chopping wood all day long. And the Cowboys could get nothing going. Nothing going. It was a a great defensive game if that's the the kind of thing you enjoy. Because the Cowboys, their, their secondary was better than people thought there would be. And their front seven handled, I thought, the 49er offensive line for the most part because it took the running game a long time to get going. And it wasn't until the the touchdown run by McCaffrey that Kyle Shanahan felt comfortable grinding the game out as a running attack. So if you're going to credit the 49er defense for winning the game, which I think is fair... Second place goes to the to the Cowboys defense for playing single-handed. They were fantastic. The Cowboys defense did everything the Cowboys needed for them to win that football game. It was the offense that didn't go along for the ride. Not that the 49ers offense necessarily went along for the ride either, but the 49ers defense was clearly the best unit. And, my goodness, on the 11-year anniversary of the Kyle Williams fumbled punt in the NFC title game against the New York Giants. That was last night. You almost had Ray Ray McLeod giving the ball back. And when we talk about the five biggest moments of that game, there were a few moments, the defensive effort of, you know, just bowing up and holding the Cowboys to a field goal right there was as big a moment as you can find in that football game yesterday. But we got the five biggest moments to share with you before we are done today. And look, I'm just going to tell you right now, right now, that game yesterday gets you beat in Philadelphia. They're going to have to be better than that. And they all know that. And they're going out there to play better than that. Philadelphia, though, might be better than the Dallas Cowboys. Defensively, they are a very impressive football team. Offensively, they are a handful. And there is a commitment to the running game, which we know that the the 49ers have made a huge commitment to this running game. They averaged, though, just two and a half yards per run in that first half, third quarter. They started averaging four and a half yards per run. And I believe it came out to 4.1, 4.2 when it was all done in the wash because they did start killing some clock and allowing Kyle's conservative nature to actually be a huge benefit because that game called for a little conservation and bleeding out a clock. And when it was all said and done, the 49ers walk away a winner. It was a fun one. It was a memorable game, but not for the reasons that games are usually memorable. There's a lot of little plays. There aren't many big plays, but you amount, you know, you add it all up and it's just a a huge afternoon. We got the raw data on 
now the you know the updated numbers of the Cowboys Niners rivalry where Kyle Shanahan now stands as a playoff head coach Robbie Gold like Ray was saying one of the great kickers in NFL history now Brock Purdy has made a living spitting on all the odds that he continues to overcome and he's going to continue to have to do that if the 49ers are going to say it with me the Super Bowl they're four quarters away from a Super Bowl, boys and girls, and we got a lot to get into today. After a big win over the Dallas Cowboys, you cannot do better than to tell you Michael Irvin joins us today at 4.15. That should be a hell of an interview. The Hall of Famer, a great Dallas Cowboy, the playmaker. He joins us at a four, well, an hour from now, basically. Michael Irvin, one hour from now. Until then, it's Damon and Ratto, and we got you here on 95.7 The Game. Looking forward to you being a part of it today. We are brought to you by Xfinity. We are brought to you by the Bud Light Guest Line, and we are officially ready to go here on 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It's happening on YouTube. This program happens on YouTube. Why, they say. We don't know. It just does. You can find us YouTube.com slash 95.7 The Game. You can watch us live. You can watch all the shows here live. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, and then people, not Ray or I, but other people, get very, very happy about that. I'm an old school radio guy. I'm happy with you just listening to this. And I've seen this. I look at it. I'm looking at it right now. 
This is a show to be heard, not seen. Oh, I, I look like a bag of melted caramels. Why anybody would watch this is beyond me. But people like caramels. Yeah, but not melted. And not in human form. <laughs> um, you and I, right before we came back from the break, you know, we're, we're not going to sit around here and just bash Mike McCarthy all day. It's a very in vogue thing to do. And he did not have a, a resplendent day as the Dallas Cowboys head coach in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, there were two moments in that game where I thought, you just can't punt here. You need to generate a little reason to believe. And you've got a defense that's playing well enough to where you should be able to believe in them to not give up the goat if you decide to get a little bit aggressive here right now. And he did. I mean, they worked the flats, and that was it all day. That's all they did. They worked the flats like a fat kid on 25-cent wing night. Didn't want the drumlets, only the flats. They were just working them, working them, working them, working them. Five yards and under, everything. Go make a little run after catch if you can. That's all they really had. It was like their game plan was, let's do as little as possible to risk the ball as much as possible. And Dak still turned it over twice. He was bad. He was bad. I didn't think the coach was very good. And I think Dak Prescott right now, if you call, if the Dallas Cowboys called the 49ers and said, we'll give you Dak Prescott for Brock Purdy right now, before the word Purdy came out of the lips of that proposed trade, the 49ers are hanging up the phone. Brock Purdy is already a better quarterback in this league than Dak Prescott. I'm saying it again, Ray, because I saw you look up in a way where you were going to say, no, he's not. Yeah, he is. No, I didn't, wasn't going yeah, to okay. say that. No, no. I'm saying that their salaries are about 15 times apart, too. Exactly. So it's, even if you wanted to argue that Dak Prescott is not worse than Brock Purdy, the cost is prohibitive. $40 million a year? As opposed to eight hundred grand For that? Oh, my God. And, and in fairness to him, if you don't have a running game against San Francisco, you will be crushed. So the the two interceptions he threw, you know, that helps bury him. The fact that Mike McCarthy punted th- twice in situations where they needed they needed the first down more than they needed the field position. Fine. But Tony Pollard going down meant that they were out of weapons. And I'm not justifying uh, McCarthy, you know, punting away two foreign tens when they needed the ball. I think he had basically looked at his offense and said, we're going to have to play this very conservatively because we don't have a way to score. And the first time they, he punted on fourth and ten, I didn't mind it a lot because the 49ers hadn't scored a touchdown either. The second time, which was right before the two-minute warning, he had to he had to keep keep possession some way or another, and I grant you it was you know you're betting long money either way because I don't think at that point they were going to survive, but you have you have to keep the ball in the second one, you have you have to if if you don't make it on fourth and ten and turn the ball over on downs, screw it you played all your cards you pushed all your chips in you got outdrawn you leave the table, but. Both times, he he just wanted to, he just wanted to survive. And once Pollard went down, it stopped being a game of survival. But Pollard went down too early. 
too early in that game to not figure out a way yourself around it. I mean, I, and, 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 and it just shows you that any semblance of, well, and, and this is something we had to ask Michael Irvin about because he still said Ezekiel Elliott's his guy. With what eyeballs are you using to make that conclusion? He's like, well, you know, you got to have, you got to have a little lightning and the thunder. And you, you know, Zeke is the thunder and, and, and the other guy's the lightning. And let me tell you, there's no thunder in Ezekiel Elliott. Well, not, certainly not when there's no lightning. To extend the analogy, I mean, Pollard is the thing that makes Ezekiel Elliott as useful as he is. Right, if you got to change a pace. Yeah, but if your change of pace is gone and all you are is a pedestrian, it's, it's like the 49ers deciding we're going to run the ball with Kyle Juszczyk all day. Kyle Juszczyk is a very useful player, but not if you've got to run him 15 times. You're right. He did have eight yards on his one carry, though. So that's a better uh, yardage total than Ezekiel Elliott had in terms of a long run. And it's only uh, two yards short of the Tony Pollard longest run of the day. And it was a great design. I mean, you know, Kyle Juszczyk is not the guy you're expecting to have the ball. So when he has it, he might do something with it if you were looking for him. Yeah, yeah no, a it's a lot I'm, easier to slow down. I mean, it's, it's yeah, they had time to figure out something else. But I think that's where the 49er defense came in. Because once they could stop respecting the running game, they could basically say, okay, go ahead and throw. And really, other than the one C.D. Lamb catch, they couldn't do that either. And that's why I think ultimately this is less about Dallas's offense, you know, failing to have the nerve, than it is the 49ers stealing their will. Because that's what it felt like to me. McCarthy had a reason to doubt his kicker. He had a reason to doubt his offense. He had a reason to doubt a lot of things. So at some point, you just got to stop doubting everything and, and go for it a little bit. And I just thought that he coached with his head right between his own legs. I mean, he, he, I, I was stunned by the lack of any razzle-dazzle on the part of the Dallas Cowboys. And you could say that they were down their primary playmaker, but it's not like they were devoid of playmakers. The 49ers defense did an incredible job. The final two minutes and 59 seconds that the Dallas Cowboys had out there needs to be studied like Zapruder film, and I'm sure it will be all day and night long in Dallas. By sadists. Uh, Two timeouts, plenty of time, and not a single thing got executed the rest of the game for the Dallas Cowboys. When it mattered the most. Like three and outs in the most important drive of Dak Prescott's entire career, he took a three and out with a near pick six and a sack. He was bad. He was he was he wasn't even subpar. He was bad. And had Brock Purdy played yesterday for the Dallas Cowboys, they have a better chance of winning that game than if Dak Prescott had played. I'm just that that guy. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys need to do something this offseason to shake that up because he ain't the one. I mean, he's just not. He's not. Well, what about that game that he just had the week before? What about it? What about it? When the stakes got higher, he got smaller. He got smaller. They got smaller. The Cowboys turned out to be a team that needed to play, if not perfect, but damn close to it. And they were nowhere near it. I mean, I, th- I don't think very many people looked at that game in advance and said, 
boy, the Cowboys have a 50-50 shot here. They had about a 30% shot, and that's if they didn't turn the ball over and if they kept all their weapons healthy. Well, they didn't do either of those things. And again, See, I, mean, I, 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 I don't agree with that because it's a seven-point game. It's a seven-point game, but they're showing no signs of ever having one. I mean, that's the thing. Once Pollard goes down, the 49er defense, which is already exemplary, can now just say, well, you can't run the ball. Now what are you going to do? You cannot be one-dimensional against that defense. And I'm not making excuses for Dallas. They deserve to lose. The fact that it wasn't more lopsided is a measure of how well the Dallas defense played. And that's what this was, ultimately. This was a game where both teams were essentially lucky to get the touchdown they got. And if, it, and if it wasn't for the Kittle catch, maybe the 49ers don't get theirs. I agree. Maybe they're still playing now. But in quintuple overtime. Oh, we, it would be for, we'd be much further down the road. Than oh, that. yeah. In fact, I probably wouldn't have come into work. I said, I want, I want to see the 74th overtime. I just want to. No, I, I, I just think that the Cowboys didn't lose because they weren't bold enough, although they clearly weren't bold enough. They lost because they weren't good enough. Combination of both, for sure. I'll tell you the three guys who I thought did the most to turn the day around for the 49ers. Guard, center guard. Burford, Brindle, and Banks got their rear ends handed to them. I mean, that was trench warfare. It truly was. And that 49ers offensive line was having a difficult time opening up a single running lane or buying a third Mississippi for Brock Purdy at any point in time. The fourth Mississippi was never in the cards, not even when things started going well for the 49ers. That Dallas defensive line was moving the line of scrimmage on top of Brock all afternoon. The you know, the the pocket shrinkage, shrinkage, is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. The the shrinkage for both pockets, really. I mean, Dak didn't have an awful lot of room to maneuver in, but he was only sacked once. That's kind of the also, that's sort of strange that Dak was that uncomfortable because it wasn't a day where he was being made ultra uncomfortable by the 49ers defensive line, which didn't have a particularly dominant afternoon either. The Dallas Cowboys offensive line was winning that football game early or their defensive line was winning that football game early and then Burford Brindle Banks I don't know what they did at halftime I mean we were joked last week that there are no halftime adjustments maybe they got a voodoo doll maybe they said a little prayer maybe they ate a magical orange slices which increased their power twofold I don't know but that offensive line in the middle was terrible in the first and second quarter was very good in the second half when it needed to be. I mean, even take the very out of it. They were good. They got better than terrible, which is what they were in that first half. So it well, was a slobber knocker, man. It really was. That was a an ugly, ugly football game that puts the 49ers into the NFC title game, of all things. Well, I think that the difference in the 49er offensive line was in the second half, they were run blocking, not pass blocking. Because I think pass blocking was where they struggled. They ran the ball 21 times in the second half, and I think they threw the ball 10 times. That became Kyle Shanahan's kind of grinder game. Not because he likes to be conservative, 
but because he's built a team that that is run first. And they only ran the ball 11 times in the first half. That, that I guess, surprised me a little just based on the law of big numbers. But the second half, they recommitted to the run, and the offense worked better because they can run the ball. So I, you know, I, I think the, the, the game turned because the 49ers got that touchdown, and then they were able to turn it into a grinders game. And they're just better at grinding than Dallas is. Well, and let's face it, George Kittle made an unbelievable catch in the most important drive of the game. We're talking late third quarter. Brock Purdy is sacked on third and nine, and it looked like it was either going to be, you know, punt city or ask Robbie Gold to do it again, Robbie, but from a distance that would have made him uncomfortable. But that drive gets extended by a holding call on Dallas. And Kittle, look, he was grabbed. And then there was a holding call on the very next play as well. Ray, neither call was a home cooking call. No, like they were it, both legitimate. Yeah, if, if you're going to grab someone, I mean, normally you got to be on a dance floor to grab somebody by their waist like that and hug them. And they were bad, bad decisions that turned out to be drive-sustaining moments for the San Francisco 49ers. So now you got first and 10 from the 10. Kyle Juszczyk runs it on first down. He gains eight yards. That's the end of the third quarter. And the very first play of the fourth quarter is Christian McCaffrey doing this. Kevin Burkhardt on Fox. McCaffrey right up the gun and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Ten plays, 91 yards. It was the best drive of the game for the 49ers offense, but they still needed two flags to help them down that field. George Kittle talked about how he was, you know, grabbed like a sack of potatoes. I knew it was third down. It was a play we installed on Friday. It's a, re- a high red zone play. It was definitely not the look that we thought we were going to get, but the guy was squatting. I mean, I just had a post route across the middle, and he was sitting on it heavy, and he was sitting in a chair, and I knew that if I just got on and watching the tape, they like to hold and grab a little bit, and he put both arms around my waist and kind of tripped one of my legs. I was like, well, I'm not going to get away from this because he's holding me so bad, so I'm just going to fall, and it's exactly what happened. I had a play last week where I got literally tackled in the middle of my route, and the back ref was like, hey, if you would have thrown it to you, you know, I would have thrown a flag. And I was like, I can't catch the ball from on the ground, man. Hey, great referee play. But that one, I, I'm definitely just going to sell it as hard as I can because, I, I mean, it was a flag regardless. But if I went down, you know, I'm just happy because it's the drive and we score a touchdown. I mean, you didn't really have to sell it, but it helps because that way they what they might have missed, it was easier to see. But George Kittle drawn a huge, huge penalty on third and nine to keep a drive going was just massive. And then the juggling catch that he made was a play that wasn't even supposed to happen. He wasn't even supposed to run where he ran. He wasn't even in the reeds of the route trees. And he just sort of improvised. He even said, you know, I put a white glove up and hope Brock would see it. And he did. What a catch. What a catch. Brock Purdy. That part of the game, you know, we needed something. We needed a spark, get the ball rolling. And for Kittle to make a play like that, you just feel it in the whole stadium. Like, man, that felt good, you know, to get a big gain like that and get us going. So, you know, props to Kittle. He's one of our, like, last options in that play. But he kept the play alive by, you know, feeling space. And I got my eyes back and he was there. So it was awesome. It won pretty. Didn't need to be. The 49ers got it done. They got it done, and, I mean, they had to have been laughing at that final formation of the game. 
I mean, this is where Mike McCarthy's day deserves to be just a touch longer than it normally would have been. Because, I mean, that was just cockamamie. I, I, I've never seen anything before the snap that looked as stupid as that on an NFL football field. There have been a couple, but they ended equally badly. I think the Colts had one of those. Um, I know Washington did when Jim Zorn was a coach where they basically threw everybody on one side of the field. And predictably, the guy with the ball got trucked almost immediately. But that's just a play where you're going, everything has to work perfectly and the 49ers have to forget why they're on the field. And neither of those things happen because one, Elliott gets trucked immediately. And then... You know, the receiver gets trucked. They it just, it's, the Cowboys had very little chance at that point, but they gave themselves none with that. And look, obviously they need uh, the band is on the field level of play out of that. And it's supposed to be hook and lateral city at some yeah. point, in which case, you know, you're, you're officially allowing the cosmos to determine whether you're going to win or not there and and the amount of luck needed should the whole thing been executed perfectly is still an extreme amount of luck i want to know what was supposed to happen like what was really supposed to happen was that in the middle of the field and now you're going to have two wide receivers coming underneath and like crossing routes to lateral two was ezekiel elliott supposed to snap the ball and then immediately become lateral eligible because he wouldn't be pass eligible, but lateral eligible he would have been. So was he supposed to be the first, or not the first guy, the second guy touching the ball? Why did Dak throw to the player who looked like he would be most in jeopardy of getting tackled immediately in traffic? And then had the throw even been perfect, maybe something happens, but Dak gives him a hospital ball. He throws it too high. But he also threw it to a guy in Turpin who's not one of their receiving options in, most of the time. So even if the ball's thrown well, the chances that he drops it are far greater than if he's throwing it to, say, Schultz. You know, it just, they gave, they they concocted this bizarre play, which has no history of working at anywhere higher than Piedmont High School. <laughs> and then they threw to the wrong guy. And the wrong guy basically had no time to do anything because the 49ers sussed what they were trying to do out. Again, credit to them. Because they were utterly unfazed by what was supposed to be a look that confuses them. And they were utterly unconfused. Nick Bosa wasn't even on the field for that last play. He's watching from the sideline going, what, what am I looking at? Um, I was kind of mad I wasn't out there in the last one. But I guess they wanted some faster guys than me. But yeah, those great Zs just dumped him over and um, Jimmy cleaned him up and did it real quick. What is Ezekiel Elliott doing snapping that ball? He's supposed to be like the first or second option with the lateral. Okay, so then have But he's got to be able to get downfield, and as soon as he started to backpedal and then got trucked, that play's blown up. Well, so what I'm saying is, why would you put him in that situation? Why wouldn't you have him lining up directly next to the center who you're still asking to snap the ball or have him somewhere... You know, in the slot or whatever. I mean, I don't even know what you would call it because they spread guys out to the sidelines. I mean, they were outside the hash marks. It yeah, was. I, I, I. My answer to that is very simple. 
beats the hell out of me. Well, again, this is nobody's got an answer to this one. I looked all over the internet this morning for somebody who could draw up the play that this was supposed to look like. And everybody who has given it a try gets close to something and then just throws their hands up. Mike McCarthy, what were you thinking? Boy, that's a great question. What were you thinking? Like, pull out your your whiteboard and your dry erase marker and just tell me what was supposed to happen in your mind's eye. What was supposed to happen? And I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't, nobody gets it, really. Um, the well, reason his, why answer, were, his answer when asked yesterday was what didn't happen. He said, well, that wasn't how it was supposed to go. Well, how was it? How was it supposed to go? Exactly. That would be my follow-up. Well, what was supposed to happen? I'll tell you what was supposed to happen was Dalton Schultz was supposed to drag his other foot in bounds to give them a shot at the good old-fashioned conventional Hail Mary that Dak might have been able to throw towards the end zone. But the 7-8... 10-yard difference because Schultz went out of bounds and he didn't have that second foot in. So then they're left with, you know, the, what, I mean, what do they call it? Is that the annexation of Puerto Rico? What the hell is that? Look it up, kids. Yeah. Little Giants. It's a Rick Moranis movie. Okay, fine. Yeah. Annexation. You're going to keep throwing movie references at me and you're going to get the same blank expression every time. Well, but that's why I explain it. Okay. Icebox, right? Well, you don't even have to involve me. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're here, so I might as well. Okay. Uh, you're no, I, here. no, the Schultz, you know, just, I mean, he tried. I mean, he's not their best weapon. He certainly wasn't yet. I mean, they threw the ball more to Lamb than they did Schultz. But Schultz was the guy who'd had the big day the week before. So I guess they just figured, eh, he'll make magic. I, I just think, it, in a macro sense, the Cowboys stopped understanding what they wanted to do in the game once Pollard went down. Well, if you got no plan B, you better hope plan A works and stay healthy. And that's bad planning in a football game. If the only way you're going to win is if everything goes right, then maybe you ain't the right guy for the job. Or maybe your general manager, Jerry Jones, isn't doing a very good job building a roster out. I think you have stumbled on the winning answer there. Well, we might need to talk a little bit more about that. And I want to open it up to our audience. What was supposed to happen on that last play? What do you think was the biggest moment of the game for the 49ers? And I want to let everyone know that we've got Michael Irvin offering up his hypothesis. His, what he thinks was supposed to happen on that last play when he joins us in about a half an hour from now here on 95.7 The Game. Damon and Ratto, we are brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It is a Monster Monday. It's a victory formation Monday brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles, 80% off retail prices, exclusively from Zenny.com. I mean, obviously, he wasn't wearing the Zenny frames, but George Kittle, he had the, uh, what, the Zenny contacts, the, the, the Zenny fingertips, whatever it was to, to haul in that. I mean, it, Ray... Tell the kids who Lynn Swan was and a catch he made in the Super Bowl what it was because, to me, I don't know, that's the first thing I thought of, watching Kittle do that. I see it in real time, and I'm like, nah, he didn't come down with that, did he? And then I look up, and I watch the replay in the press box, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Lynn Swan Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Except it wasn't in the Super Bowl. No, it wasn't in the Super Bowl. Swan's catch was more elegant and Kittle's catch also had a little bit of the David Tyree trapping against her helmet going with it. It was it was a catch that should not have been made at any point, starting with the fact that he wasn't supposed to be there. Two, Purdy wasn't supposed to see him. And three, the pass was not really, under normal circumstances, catchable by much of anybody, let alone, let alone any tight end save Travis Kelsey. But because Kittle is enough of an athlete, you know, and has soft enough hands and a malleable enough helmet to make that work, it worked. I mean, that, that's, that's, the margin of, that's the margin of victory. And that's the margin of error they were working with. They had to pull a play out of their hinders to get the one touchdown they got. And it is Kyle Shanahan's unique skill is it. He could tell how the game was going at that point. He just says, okay, we don't have to throw the ball anymore. We're, f- we're fine now. All we, need is a- all we need is a touchdown. And we got it. All the conservative football that Kyle has called and we've criticized and fans have groused about and people have said, you know, how come there isn't a second speed? How come they're, how come they're not better at going fast but they seem to be masters of going slow? It paid off for them yesterday. I mean, you play like you practice, you practice like you play, and they obviously are very good at slowing a game down and bleeding clock. And you want to talk about, you know, monster moments of that game. I, I got the five biggest moments of the game, but we're saving them to five o'clock. We're going to go through the five at five. But one of them has to be what was just a a clock-chewing drive that brought that game from the middle of the fourth quarter to the late fourth quarter. There is a 64-yard, 13-play drive that essentially took eight minutes off the clock. And it was pretty obvious that the Dallas Cowboys were not going to be quick striking anything that afternoon. I mean, that evening. I mean, well, the game started in the afternoon, ended in the evening. But it was it was something else, the way that Dallas just, they spent the entire afternoon just 
you know, if they're a turtle, they're just bringing their heads inside the shell slower and slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly all day long. Like there was no point in time outside of surviving the Ray Ray McLeod fumbled punt where I even felt that building got particularly tight. There were what, you know, maybe Kyle didn't take advantage of going full strike offense when he had a little wiggle room to play with at the end of that first half there, but he didn't like the way his offense was protecting. It wasn't protecting, really, uh, Brock Purdy. So he, he just didn't want to take the shot to make the mistake. And he even said in his postgame press conference, like, I understand fans get frustrated there. It's one of those, you know, I'm showing this hold card. The dealer has that. The book says, do you hit that or do you sit on that? Like, either way you play it, you might not necessarily tip the advantage your way, which means you can you can play it how you want. And if you can play the situation how you want, it is in Kyle's nature to go conservative, especially if the feedback that he's getting in real time is keep it conservative. And that's why he seemingly let a precious, I don't know, 25, 30 seconds tick off that play clock before, you know, it, it's weird. You'd think that you'd want to burn your clock at the end of the clock. He decided to burn his clock at the beginning of the final drive, leaving no options to get aggressive should you move into the, all right, maybe we take a stab position on the field. And Brock Purdy threw a ball away to the long side of the field, Ray, which the only time the 49ers might have gotten a little home cooking (laughs) is in that moment. Because if that play had happened on the road, that one second expires. Somebody up in game operations hit that, probably stopped the clock when that ball was at the hash mark getting thrown away more than it actually was at the sidelines. Well, if they got home cooking, then shame on, the, shame on New York because they mind all of that. They can always put time back on the clock. But when you say conservative... I don't think that's the right word for Kyle Shanahan. He plays percentages. And I think he had absorbed how the game was going by that point and realized, I don't need to take the chances. They need to take the chances. I'm going to play like I'm holding 16. And I'm not going to try to make the dealer give me a five because that's not the way to play it. It's not because he likes to keep a game in the teens. It's because in this game against this team playing this way, the percentages said, be careful. Don't do anything stupid. Do the thing you do best and keep doing it. I mean, that drive, he ran the ball eight times. You know, 12 plays from scrimmage. He ran the ball eight times because he was trying to make a point, which is, I don't need heroism. I need solid football. And my most solid play is to run the ball with Elijah Mitchell more than really anybody else. That's why they've got running back depth so that he can do that. You know, he's not afraid to do anything, but he knows Dallas isn't going to can't score. Their their offense is done, and their defense has been superb. So why not keep it honest? Why not play the percentages? And that's what he does. I don't think... Conservatism in my head sounds, you're afraid to do the bold thing. I don't think he's afraid to do the bold thing. 
I think he says the bold thing doesn't help me as much as doing the solid thing. Well, sometimes when we talk about concern, by the way, the word conservative, it's hard to figure out what it exactly means anymore. Yeah, politically oh, no. in, a, in any situation. But look, it, it, I, I think there are times where we use it against Kyle. I was not trying to use it against him right there. I, I was no, saying no, that he I was erring what on you the were side saying. I'm just saying that conservatism is a loaded word when you're talking right. about football. I'm not even getting into politics. Conservatism in football is punting on fourth and ten with two and a half minutes to go when you're down a touchdown. That, to me, is conservative. To me, and that's yeah. condemnatory. Well, conservative what Kyle to me is is... is you're down seven and you take a field goal. What are you doing? What do you, what is Kevin McCarthy? Excuse me, Kevin McCarthy. No politics today. You're, you're you're killing yourself. What is Mike McCarthy doing? You're down seven. You're in. You know. You're you're edge of the red zone. You got a shaky kicker as it is. Why are you not playing to pick up a first down when you're down a touchdown? All you do is put up a field goal that now leaves you needing a touchdown. Uh, again, that was weird. And the other punt when he was on, what, it, the, the Niners side? He was at the, about a 40-yard line. And I thought for sure that they were going to run a play there, but it was just the Fugazi. Let's go up to the line and see if we can get anybody to jump off sides. You talk about playing percentages. How about this percentage? 100%. So here's goal from 50 yards to end the half. Turpin is back deep to receive in case he should. Goal puts it up there. It is. Robbie Gold, perfect as usual. And the 49ers go into the half with a 9-6 to lead. And it was a big 9-6 to lead. It felt bigger than three points. No, that was, that was a huge play. It really was. I mean, you know, it. if you have a kicker that you have complete trust in, you can make plays like that. I mean, it just, you know, it made perfect sense to do what they did right there. And it paid off because it's paid off in the past. This was largely a game of muscle memory for Kyle Shanahan. It's, I know this can work because it's worked in the past. So I'm going to do it again. And it worked again. I mean, Robbie Gold is what? He's postseason perfect? Is that it? He is. So... And 50, and 50 is still within his withered legs range. Yeah. Uh... 49ers only scored 19 points yesterday, and Robbie Gold was responsible for 13 of them. In the playoffs, he is now 29 of 29 on field goals and 39 of 39 on points after touchdown. No other kicker in NFL history is connected on 25 straight field goals in the playoffs without a miss. That came from Matt Burroughs of The Athletic. Again, Kyle... Burroughs. Uh, Burroughs, excuse me. We're talking he, about Joe he, Burroughs a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, he's Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> Thank you very much. A uh, little bit later on, we will uh, have Michael Irvin coming up at 4.15. But Kyle even defended letting the play clock tick away at the end of the first half, saying, I, I understand it's a frustrating thing for fans to watch, but we thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, that's a tough thing for me to do. I know it's tough for our fans to watch, but when it's third and one, and I think there's like 50 seconds, they have two timeouts. I, I would hate to not get that first down to show you guys why I did it. That's kind of something we believe in. We, we don't want to give the ball back to them. We liked where the score was at. We still think we have time to score, but when you get to a third and one, and I think we had one timeout and they had two, we weren't about to not get that third down, punt it to them, where if we threw it, they'd still have two timeouts and 45 seconds, and now they're ending with points in the half if they score, similar how 
out as Seattle did at the end of the half, but the difference is they were also starting with the ball in the third quarter. So now once you get the first down and stuff, yeah, then I wished that we went faster, but you don't know if you're going to get that first down or not, so you'd want to play it the smart way, and thought we did do that. Thought we were, made some big plays that wanted Juwan, the protection away for Juwan, to still get a field goal out of it was huge, though. It was big. Put them up by three at the half, and that's a little momentum going into the locker room. And obviously, Dallas got the ball to start the third quarter, and that's when the 49ers did a nice job getting off the field, and and all of a sudden, they decided that they were going to score the only touchdown of their afternoon, and that was a huge, huge moment. We'll go over the top five moments at 5 o'clock, but right now, let me welcome everyone to your 4 o'clock hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 